Well, good morning. It's uh, Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to uh, Google Political Views TV Podcast. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Man, I truly appreciate you coming every day. Thank you so much. It's very nice of you. Hump Day, if you care. Uh, I don't care. Most people don't care. For some people, it's Monday, especially here in L.A. I mean, here in L.A., people work all the time, all different jobs. It's kind of weird. Uh, if you can, uh, they might even have a podcast. If you can, please bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be nice of you. Uh, tweet to me questions, insights, or fights at Cyberclops. Uh, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Or maybe you want to school me on something. Whatever. It's cool. I got an argument with a right-winger from Florida today. <laughs> that was funny. Um, what the hell just happened? I, I, I mean, this morning. I rubbed my eyes... I read the head, headlines numerous times because that can't be right, what I'm reading. <clears throat> that recent censure you and I talked about, uh, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, uh, being censured by their RNC, and the RNC claiming that the insurrection was legitimate political discourse. Okay. <clears throat> Attacking and beating cops, using flagpoles as weapons, erecting gallows for Vice President Pence, hunting for Pelosi to restrain and kill her. All just legitimate political discourse, according to Republicans. So, yesterday, something happened that I don't think any of us expected. You and I didn't expect this. Senate Minority Leader Mitch the Bitch McConnell criticized the Republican National Committee for censuring Representatives Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and for suggesting that the insurrection was legitimate political discourse. Wow. I know, right? Wow. That really happened. McConnell told reporters, quote, it was a violent insurrection for the purposes... Uh, for the purpose of trying to prevent a peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election from one administration to the next. That's what it was. McConnell said, we all were here. We saw what happened. The issue is whether or not the RNC should be sort of singling out members of our party who may have different views from the majority. McConnell said, that's not the job of the RNC. McConnell also said, uh, the party organization should not be picking and choosing among candidates. We support all members of our party, regardless of their positions on some issues. This is really strange. I did not expect this. Then Senator John uh, Cornyn, Republican, Texas. He said, I don't think you can kick out of the party everybody you disagree with, or it's going to be a minority party. For me, I just sit back and watch Republicans eating their own. It's interesting. It's it's like watching Wild Kingdom. That's a TV show. You, You might not be old enough to remember. 
the writing is on the wall. Honestly. After what you allowed to happen in the last four years under Trump, the people have woken up. This last year was a big wake-up. This last couple of years was a big wake-up. And with all your cheating, your gerrymandering, your court packing, your voter suppression, with all that, you still realize you could be in trouble. That the Republican Party is not the party of the people. And people are realizing it. Finally, now that I have your attention, let's try and fix the world. Um, Grover Norquist, you've heard of Grover Norquist, of course, right-wing sociopath, once said, I don't want to abolish government. I simply want to reduce it to the size where I can drag it into the bathroom and drown it in the bathtub. I'm not kidding. That's an actual quote from Grover Norquist. The idea is if you get rid of government regulation, uh, corporations do better without restrictions that protect the people. Corporations, you know, if they could get away with putting poison in their plastic that you drink out of and you die from, they don't care. They sold the product. It's gone. They don't care. And, And anything. I mean, that's just one example of trillions that the U.S. government has protected the people from. Still not enough, mind you. Still not enough. Um, anyway, corporations do better without restrictions that protect the people. Then, as you shrink government, someone has to supply the services government taxes pay for. So corporations take over. They privatize the government and they profit off the people. There is nothing wrong with corporations profiting. Nothing wrong with that. The problem is the conflict of interest. When they profit, when they profit off, uh, excuse me, at the expense of the people. Some of these things have been happening at the post office, of course. Christmas 2006, right? <clears throat> Under the Bush administration, the Postal Accountability, uh, the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act, gets shoved through Congress and attempt to starve the Postal Service to death, where corporations would have to rescue them. Uh, and and by the way, the expansion of of uh, uh, UPS, uh, um, uh, whatever uh, FedEx, uh, and now Amazon having their own delivery service. All of that expanding so much in the last few years. It's crazy. Anyway, this this act, the, uh, uh, the, the, the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act, uh, this act forces the USPS to fund, re- back in 2006, fund retirement for employees decades in advance of their retirement. This is standard operating procedure. This is how corporations rape the people. This is how uh, uh, the government starves, uh, how, how government operatives starve the government until it dies, then take over and profit. This is going on at the post office. This is, it's like, it's like and I, I just, something interesting came up in the news about this. It's like orcas teaming up to kill a giant blue whale and starve it of oxygen. To help 
seal the postal service's death, the post office. They put a man who has stock in alternative carriers, a man who profits off contracts he gives to corporations, Louis DeJoy. Louis DeJoy gets put in to in 2020. Since taking charge of the Postal Service in, in June 2020, DeJoy has cited the agency's ailing finances as a justification to plow ahead with a series of highly disruptive changes to the mail delivery opera- operations, deliberately sabotaging the post office. So, first they starve the government. Then they say, okay, we have to scale everything down. We have to tear it apart. It's no good. Then they let private industry take over. This is what happens. This is stand, This has been standard operating procedure for corporations for centuries. Hey, you know what? We put all these, these factories on the Mississippi River. I, 400 years ago, 500 years ago, you could drink out of every river in the country. I mean, most of the time, you know. There might have been some bacteria or something. But yeah, generally you could drink out of any river. So every river is polluted. Suddenly there's no water. They say, oh, okay, well, we'll make a water company and we'll charge government to to clean the water. The water that they destroyed with their corporations planting factories and dumping pollution into into the waterways. Come on. This is standard operating procedure. All while profiting on the side. So, are we finally seeing a pushback at the post office? Yesterday, the House of Representatives passed bipartisan legislation that would eliminate a man- that mandate requiring the U.S. Postal Service to pre-fund retiree health benefits decades in advance, a major contributor to the uh, uh, agency's financial problems approved by a vote of 342 to 92 Republicans joined but with every no vote coming from House Republicans uh, the uh, compromise legislation which now heads to the evenly divided Senate would require future USPS retirees to enroll in Medicare saving the USPS nearly uh, $23 billion over the next decade. Repeal of the pre-funding mandate would save the Postal Service around $27 billion over uh, uh, 10 years. Also, the bill would uh, wipe out $57 billion of the, of the uh, Postal Service's financial liabilities, require the agency to deliver mail and packages at least six days per week, and allow the USPS to offer certain Non-postal services in partnership with state, local, and tribal governments. Okay, that's the important part. This is what we've been trying to get through for a long time. We've talked about this story for quite a while, several times. You and I talked about this story. It's the most important part. The post office is planning to become a bank and have banks all in every state of the union. And the banking industry does not want that, let me tell you. So... Now it goes to the Senate so Republicans can attempt to block it. Republicans and Joe Manchin, of course. Moving on. Uh, Today, actually uh, yesterday, our time, uh, French President uh, Emmanuel Macron called on the European Union to quickly draw up a new security plan containing proposals 
to help ease tensions with Russia as concerns mounts that Russian uh, President Vlad, uh, Putin is uh, Vlad Putin is planning an invasion of Ukraine. Okay, ye- yesterday I spoke to someone. Last night I spoke to someone from Paris, uh, which uh, happened after Macron said this. Um, and she said, Macron is a, is a weasel. I, I'm sorry. Macron is a weasel. They are up to no good. They started this years ago. That's what she said. Uh, that was just a random person in France that I talked to online. And I'm sure not a complete reflection of how people think. But it, it, it's telling that I just picked one and that's what they thought. Macron said that the EU must, in coming weeks, complete a European proposal building a new security and stability order. Macron said we should build it among Europeans, then share it with our allies in the framework of NATO, and then propose it for negotiation to Russia. So, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken was in the uh, Ukrainian capital of Kyiv today and plans to meet with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov in Geneva on Friday. Uh, Macron told European uh, Parliament members that France and Germany were working to revive the Normandy format. Remember, we talked about the Normandy format, what was that, two weeks ago? You and I talked about that? Uh, For talks between Russia and Ukraine that have been aimed at respecting the 2015 peace agreement, easing fighting in eastern Ukraine between government forces and Russian-backed separatists. You know, okay. It's fine to have talks about easing fighting, but 14,000 people have died since 2015 in those battles that had easing fighting. Macron said, We will ensure that Europe's voice is heard, unified and strong on the question of strategic weapons, the control of conventional weapons, the transparency of military activities, and the respect of the sovereignty of all European states, regardless of their history. Top officials believe Putin has tried to divide the uh, 27-nation EU bloc, uh, the United States, and NATO. They've tried to divide them all, which also has 21 EU members in NATO. Um... They try to divide them with security demands that include halting NATO's expansion and eliminating the alliance uh, military presence in Eastern Europe. So, last week, EU foreign policy chief Joseph Borrell said, The United States didn't play their game. Russia wanted to divide us. They failed. So, there seems to be a union. There seems to be a, a one-voice uh, mer- uh, emerging against Russia, finally. Macron, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Macron is, is important. France is the... Uh, Germany isn't stepping up, and France is the next largest country. So... They're important, but I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what Macron is talking about. I really don't. And we'll have to wait and see what Macron is talking about. Anyway, moving on to Starbucks. Do you really want to give Starbucks money? Do you really? I'm asking you. 
Uh, workers at a Memphis Starbucks were fired yesterday after launching a unionization effort. Not kidding. Really happened. As you know, just like cops pulling you over and saying anything they want, corporations can fire anyone for any fabricated reason. A Starbucks representative told the uh, New York Times that the workers were fired for violations, including allowing at least one reporter inside the store to conduct an after-hours interview in which some of the employees were unmasked. <laughs> They're really using this. Starbucks is really saying this. I'm not kidding. Uh, Starbucks, uh, Starbucks uh, Workers United, uh, which is backing unionization, said that in their most blatant act of union busting yet, Starbucks is retaliating against the union organizing committee at the Poplar and Highland store after they allowed the media to conduct interviews in their store after hours. Nikki Taylor, a shift supervisor, said in a statement, I was fired by Starbucks today for policies that I've never heard of before and that I've never been written up about before. This is a clear attempt by Starbucks to retaliate against those of us who are leading the union effort at our store and scare other partners. The group added that Starbucks is using policies that have never been enforced, such as going behind a counter when a partner is not officially working, uh, to fire workers. Starbucks chose to selectively enforce policies that have not previously been consistently enforced as a subterfuge to fire union leaders. And that's what corporations do. Uh, many of these workers did not have any prior offenses or write-ups. Uh, Starbucks Workers United said it would file charges against the company at the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB. Uh, last year, the NLRB administrative judge found that Starbucks had illegally retaliated against two uh, barristers at a Philadelphia Starbucks who sought to unionize. So they already got in trouble for that. With that history, it should be easier for the complaint to go through. And you already know how I feel about Starbucks. Don't go there. Support local small businesses. Starbucks doesn't need your business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you guys like to get Starbucks cards. I've gotten Starbucks card. I got a Starbucks card as a tip once. And I said, oh, no, thank you. I gave it to somebody else. I shouldn't have, I should have just thrown it away. But Starbucks already had the money. That would be, because uh, it was a gift card, so that would be ridiculous to throw it away. Take as much out of, out of them as you can, but don't support them, please. And let the union busting continue. We all know Republicans are anti-union. But how far will they go to bust unions? Okay, Republicans keep claiming they are the party for workers, which, of course, you and I laugh at. But sometimes people believe them. Now it's going to be difficult to prove. Congressional staffers have begun to push for their own unionization, which won support of progressive lawmakers and Democratic law uh, leaders. Honestly, I already assumed they were in a union, or, or, but I guess I was wrong. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy spoke out against unionization. He said, I don't think it would be productive for the government. 
<laughs> Many Capitol Hill aides are paid annual salaries in the low $20,000 range and struggle to afford basic necessities. Hey, D.C. is expensive. I'm from there. I know. McCarthy's anti-union comments came almost exactly a year after he told Punchbowl News that the current GOP is the American Workers' Party. Even as more than 100 members of his caucus pushed legislation that would undermine union rights nationwide. That's right. So McCarthy, please tell me again how the Republican Party supports workers. Please tell me how they do that. I want to hear if Republicans only did what they said they'd do, I could respect them. If they only did what they they keep on promising, I could respect them. If they and if they were consistent at it, as I've said many times, I could respect them. They get no respect from me. Oh, and there's something else about uh, there's this thing about uh, them blocking this. Uh, um, this program that would uh, uh, protect the vote, uh, protect people from uh, falsely voting, and they're against it. I, and I, I, I'm going to read into that more. Maybe we'll get to that tomorrow. Uh, well, anyway, we're moving on. Uh, to further proof that this bout with inflation is a false flag operation so corporations can reprocess profits, expand pay for executives, buy back their stocks, and reduce pay to cost of living for employees. BP has just reported its highest yearly profits in nearly a decade. Remember how how we were all worried about them gas companies only charging two or three dollars a gallon? (laughs) The company raked in $12.8 billion in profits in 2021, more than its annual income for the past eight years. The announcement comes uh, a week after Shell reported $19.3 billion in profits. Right? BP CEO Bernard Looney said yesterday the company is delivering distributions to shareholders with 4.15 billion of buybacks announced and the company intends to deliver 1.5 billion dollars more in share buybacks it's like a broken record i've said the same story again and again with corporation after corporation uh, what was it uh, it was kroger's record profits then it was a dollar tree record profits uh, what other story did i do uh, you remember You and I have talked about this numerous times. They are using the pandemic as a reason to raise profits and rape the people. Simple and plain. That's what they're doing. Moving on. Uh, To something you might be interested in. uh, If you invested in Bitcoin or you know somebody who has. Uh, There was an arrest for a huge Bitcoin heist in 2016. Sort of. A New York couple has been arrested and charged with conspiring to launder $4.5 billion in stolen uh, cryptocurrency. Officials have seized $3.6 billion of those funds in what um, 
U.S. Uh, Deputy uh, Attorney General Lisa Monaco called the department's largest financial seizure ever. Ilya Lichtenstein and his wife Heather Morgan are accused of trying to launder money taken in a huge hack of cryptocurrency exchange Bitfinex in 2016. By the way, if you want, you can you can Google Heather Heather Morgan. She's got like a rapping music video about her being rich. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, conspiracy to commit money laundering carries up to 20 years in prison, and conspiracy to defraud the U.S. carries up to five years in prison, according to justice officials. And those are the charges. The department did not announce charges for the actual hack of Bitfinex, and Justice Department officials declined to comment further, citing an ongoing investigation. Basically, they don't yet have the evidence that they they need uh, to prove that they did the actual hack. They just caught him with the money. You know? Uh, you're driving down the road, you see a guy with a big bat of money, bag of money, and the bank was just robbed. You, you, he's got the money. He's got stolen possession of stolen property, but you can't charge him with the bank heist yet until you prove it. So listen, if you had Bitcoin on exchanges back in 2016 and they disappeared and you have the emails to prove it, you may be able to get some back if you if you petition the government. So hold on to all documentation and email accounts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Wednesday. February 9th, 2022, Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. I really appreciate you. I, I truly do. It's very nice of you. Um, bring someone with you tomorrow if you can. Be nice. Uh, today, tomorrow, tell them, hey, check this guy out, especially if they're rub- uh, Republicans. Tell them to, you know, some Democrats hate me too, but if they're Republicans, they must really hate me. You can tell them to go listen to me. I'll have fun with them. Anyway, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the list, uh, right at the top of the search. Uh, tweet to me your questions, insights, or come fight with me. Maybe you want to school me on something. Maybe you want to say, hey, check this story out, man. You haven't been covering this. Why not? Eh, some stories I just throw to the side because uh, it's a deep dive. But remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.